Hey friends, welcome back to the Making It in the Messy Middle podcast. So excited that you're here today and I cannot wait to see how we will grow together. Hey y'all, so I'm really grateful that you're back. I'm really grateful that you're here today and that you're able to take a second to listen. Um, Whether you're doing it with activity, whether you're sitting there and just kind of letting the thoughts wash over you, um, maybe in one ear and out the other, I don't know. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm really grateful that you're here today. And I'm grateful that you understand that this podcast process for me is a little bit different. And you're not always expecting something every week because I've learned that life just gets too hectic for me to be able to do that. And I'm really grateful that you guys understand that. So thank you for this community. I am thankful that this community exists, that we have each other, and that we are able to be there for each other. However you found this podcast today, whether it be through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Facebook, um, I'm just grateful you're here. I am not driving today. Um, If you've listened to my podcast in the past, then you know that quite often I am out, I am driving, and I'm recording a podcast. This one was pretty important, and so I wanted it to be a little bit quieter. And so I tried recording it at my apartment, and there was so much street noise. There was my dog and cat right outside my bedroom door whining and crying because they're never not allowed in my bedroom. And um, it was just too much noise. It, I, was, I was getting really overwhelmed, and I was... I could feel it in my skin and I, I just knew I, I couldn't focus. So I had to take some deep breaths. I had to slow down because that's how it is in life sometimes, right? There's a lot of noise, a lot of background noise, a lot going on, a lot happening, and it just gets to be a lot. So I'm grateful that today you're hopefully taking a break, whether you're listening with activity, or if you're being still, I want us to take just a second to just breathe, to just take a break. I want you to feel your feet on the floor, and I want you to take a deep breath in and hold it, and then breathe it out and relax a little bit. We're just going to do two more breaths. One deep breath in, hold it out and relax one more deep breath in hold it out and relax sometimes you just have to take a second to be mindful of the moment to be present in the moment to recenter and to reground and I'm really grateful we got to do that together today so Today, let's just hop into this podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about safe spaces. We are going to be talking about identifying safe spaces, being a safe space for others, being a safe space for ourselves, and then creating and growing safe spaces. And I'm really excited because I went to a retreat this past weekend, and that was a really big focus of the retreat, is creating safe spaces in churches, which I think is fantastic. And so at first, the podcast was going to be just about creating safe spaces in churches, but then I decided to expand it a little bit because I feel like it's a pretty important topic, right? Safe spaces is a very important topic. So I want us just to dive in 
and kind of see where this goes. So first we're going to talk about identifying safe spaces. I want you to think in your brain what makes a place or a person safe for you. Okay, For me, it's having a freedom to have an opinion, having a freedom to feel and express all of my emotions, and having just that freedom of expression, however that may be, whether it be verbally, whether it be artistically, um, just being able to get that all out. It's a loving and accepting environment, a loving and accepting person, and it's an open environment where everything is kind of allowed. Um, not to say that everything is accepted, but everything is allowed. And um, there are corrections, and that to me creates safety. Boundaries create safety for me, um, even if I don't like them sometimes. So that for me is kind of what I think of in a nutshell when I think of safe spaces. So what creates a safe person or a safe place for you? I want you to write that down. Okay, we're going to use that in a little bit. Write down what you think of when you think of safety. Do you think of freedom of opinion and emotion and expression? Do you think of a loving and accepting environment? Maybe you think of a place where people are completely honest with you. Maybe you think of a place where people are gentle. Maybe you think of a person who's very humble. Maybe you think of a person who always follows through on their actions. What do you think of? Create that image in your brain and write it down. I have a drawing on my wall in my room. It's actually a pastel drawing that is very rudimentary that I did in therapy um, when we were talking about safe spaces. And it's kind of like a garden type drawing. Um, and in it, I wrote just, you are safe. Because to me, sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night, whether it be a flashback or a nightmare or a tough moment, and I can just look at that and Remember, I'm in my place. I'm safe. So maybe for you, a safe place is a place where there are no people. What creates safety for you? I will say this. Maybe you need to write down what creates an unsafe environment for you. What makes you feel unsafe? Is it a place where you can't grow? Is it a place where you're unwanted? Is it a place where you feel unloved? Is it a place where maybe they can't see your growth? What makes a place feel unsafe for you? Because here's the reality of the situation. You cannot grow if you stay in hostile environments all the time. You know, um, it's, it's impossible. I'm not saying to avoid all hostile environments. That's not what I'm saying. Before you jump on the snowflake, she's a snowflake liberal train, I want you to think about it for a second. I cannot grow in a constantly hostile environment. I have to have somewhere that is safe where I can be free to be myself, be free to express myself, so that I can go to hostile environments and still be able to be my full self because I've had safety to do that. So that's kind of what is going to segue into our next p portion, which is how to be a safe space for others. How can we create that safe space 
for others so that we can help people to be themselves? And then how do we create that safe space for ourselves so that we can trust ourselves to be safe, whether it be with us alone or whether it be with other people? So what I love to think about when I think about safe spaces is I love to think about Brene Brown. Brene Brown is an inspiration to me in so many ways. And one thing that she talks about is the anatomy of trust. And she uses the acronym BRAVING to say how we can create trust in a relationship. She talks about boundaries, reliability, accountability, vault, integrity, non-judgmental, and generosity. And, and what each of those means, boundaries, that's pretty self-explanatory. Having boundaries is setting limits, is knowing when it's time to say no, is only saying yes when you are actually able and willing, is not stretching yourself too thin, is keeping yourself from a codependent relationship, those sorts of things. Reliability, also self-explanatory. If you want to trust someone, they have to be reliable. They have to be someone that you know you can count on to do what they say that they're going to do. Accountability. They hold you accountable and you're able to hold them accountable. If it's a one-way street and they're holding you accountable all the time, but when you try and hold them accountable, there is nothing there, mm, that's not safe. That's not a safe environment. The vault. That's keeping things stored. That's someone that you know that you can talk to and they're going to keep it. They're going to keep your secret. They're not going to go around and gossip about you and talk about you behind your back. The next is I, integrity. That person is who they say that they are. That person does what they say they're going to do. That person is the same no matter where they go because they are themselves. Non-judgmental. You can come to them with anything and they are not going to harp on why they think you're bad, why they think you're wrong. They're going to listen. They may not agree, but they're going to listen. They're not going to judge you. And generosity. Being generous with the grace that they give themselves and the grace that they give you in an effort to show that they are all of the things mentioned before and they are someone that you can trust. You have to be able to allow dialogue and listen openly. Again, back to that non-judgmental, you have to let them be them. Help them grow how they want to grow instead of imposing our own growth ideas on someone else. Listening to their thoughts, feelings, and ideas so that we can grow. A true relationship is not one where we love someone like they're a project and we're loving them for results because that's not a real relationship. A real relationship is where we're loving someone and knowing that we're going to love them no matter what they decide to do, no matter what they choose to do, whether we agree, whether we don't agree. We're still going to have a relationship. We're still going to love each other and we're still going to care about each other. That is a safe person. That's how you create a safe space for others in yourself. But then kind of comes the difficult part, right? Is how do we be a safe space for ourselves? 
Because not all of us have safety in our lives, right? Not all of us have this utopia that we can go to that's completely safe. And no environment is ever perfect. No environment is going to be completely safe. So sometimes we have to create safety in ourselves so that the safe environment that we've been searching for, we're always in that safe environment because we're always with ourselves. I think that goes back to Brene Brown's braving, right? We have to be gentle with ourselves. We have to show ourselves safety how we would show others safety. We have to set boundaries with ourselves. We have to be reliable and caring for ourselves so that our body knows it's going to be cared for because it knows that the person taking care of it is doing its job. We have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to hold others accountable when they break our boundaries, when they, when they violate our boundaries. We have to be a vault, keep our stuff ours, only share our secrets, only share our stories with people who've earned the right to hear our stories so that we don't get burned over and over again. Have integrity and hold true to yourself. If we can't hold true to ourselves, if we can't have integrity and be ourselves and hold true to our values, hold true to our thoughts, hold true to our feelings, our emotions, staying true to what we believe, how can we trust anyone else to do the same? Don't judge yourself. You're going to mess up. You're not perfect. If you give grace to others, why can't you, you give it to yourself? And that goes back to generosity with grace. Be generous with grace for yourself and for others. Because when you're gracious to yourself, it's a whole lot easier to be gracious for others. How can you be safe for others if you aren't safe for yourself? I mean, we say that a lot about taking care of ourselves, right? If you're not taking care of yourself, how can you take care of anybody else? You can't pour from an empty cup. All of those things are 100% accurate and 100% true. And it also goes for safety. How can I be a safe person for someone else if I'm not even a safe person for the person I'm with all the time? Me. You deserve safety. And you can't rely on someone else to be that safety for you. So sometimes you have to create that in yourself. And then it gets into another hard part, right? And that's creating safe spaces in groups. Whether that be in church, whether that be in school, whether that be in a workplace. Creating safe spaces in a group is tough. Especially if you feel like it's a hostile environment, a toxic environment. Because how do you even start? Going back to that retreat that I mentioned going on, um, we talked a lot about church hurt. And a lot of times I hear a lot of people who want to talk about church hurt, and they just want to sit there and they just want to talk about it. And there is a place for that. There's absolutely a place to talk about church hurt and get that out of our systems. But that wasn't all that this was. They wanted to talk about solutions. What can we do to make it better? 
Someone asked the question, why do I have to go back to church when they don't love me there, when they don't accept me there, when they don't care about me there? And one person's response was, because they need you. If it's an environment where you can't grow and you feel stagnant and it's pushing you further from God, it's time to leave. But the reality of the situation is they need you because we need diversity in our churches. We need diversity in our schools, in our workplaces, because if there's no diversity, there's no reality either. And so this retreat, which was for LGBTQ Christians, we talked about how to create safe spaces in churches, not just for LGBTQ Christians, but also everyone, because everyone deserves a safe space, and so many people have experienced hurt and pain, and we want to keep that from happening again. So how do we do that? How do we create safe spaces? We did an exercise, and I'm going to modify this exercise a little bit so that it fits our, um, our podcast, so that it fits this topic. We imagined a moment where we have felt a lot of shame, where we have felt a lot of hurt. And uh, we saw God show up in that moment, and we, we dialogued about what happened when God showed up and what his invitation to us was and all of those things. It was an amazing exercise. Here's how I want to modify it. I want you to think for a second about your church building, about your church family, about the people that surround you at church. I want you to see God show up in that group. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings when God shows up? What do you think God would say? Would he scold like he does those churches in Revelation? Would he say, you guys are so loving that it brings me joy? Would he say, okay, you guys are doing a really awesome job. Here's some things we need to work on. What do you think God would say if he showed up to church on Sunday? Think about it. Are you feeling a sense of joy? Are you feeling a sense of acceptance? Are you feeling a sense of, oh, okay, I think we're good. Or are you feeling a sense of, oh, crap? Because I think that could tell you a lot about your church environment. Does God want to be there? He is there. God's everywhere. But is he proud of what he sees when he sees how you treat the marginalized at church? When he sees how you treat the children, the forgotten. What are you thinking? Maybe write that down. So, when God shows up, sometimes there's a call to change. 
sometimes there's a call to you guys are doing fantastic. And I don't know what just happened for you. I know for me, I think we're doing a lot of good things and I think there's a lot of things we could be doing better. And so we're going to talk for a second about how to curate safe spaces for transformation. It's a phrase we use in a class of mine at school um, where I get to sit at the feet of this amazing professor. His name is Bill Bajance. He's fantastic. And um, we talk a lot about how to create more Christ-like churches. And I think a Christ-like church is a safe place to be. Um, so how do, we, how do we do that? So I'm going to kind of combine some things that I've learned at school, combine some things that I learned at this retreat, combine some things that I've heard from listening to others who felt like their environment was lacking safety, um, and if you have thoughts, if you have ideas, I really hope that you'll message me. I really hope that you'll let me know because this is something that I think that we can work with. This is something that I think we can work on. This is something that I think needs to be addressed because I think that it's important. If we want people to sit with us in worship on Sundays, they have to feel safe. I want to feel safe, right? Why wouldn't they? So here are some things that we talked about that I think can be very beneficial. And I'm going to just kind of, this podcast has gone pretty quickly and I'm kind of liking that. I'm going to just kind of keep going pretty quickly because I feel like you know some things that might need to happen. And maybe this will just give some affirmation for that. Or maybe it'll give some new ideas. I don't know. So the first thing is you have to allow messy dialogue, free dialogue, loving dialogue, new dialogue, and allow the emotion that comes from that dialogue to take place. So what I mean by messy dialogue is there are going to be conflicts and disagreements at church, at work, at school, at family events. Anywhere you go that there are people, there are going to be disagreements what you do with those disagreements is what makes a place safe or unsafe. If those disagreements get swept under the rug, the reality is that's going to create a big pile under that rug. Somebody's going to trip over it eventually. Okay? So when those messy dialogues come up, when that all starts to happen, sometimes you have to allow it. You have to... Let everyone say what everyone needs to say. Now, how that's approached has to be safe as well. Maybe there needs to be a mediator. Maybe there needs to be um, some boundaries set up in advance. Um, it depends on the situation and the people. But that messy dialogue has to take place, and those emotions have to be allowed to take place. Otherwise, people are going to feel suppressed. And like things get swept under the rug and that hurt is going to fester and it's going to grow and it's just going to spread. Hurt people hurt people, right? So if someone feels suppressed, like they tried to come with a hurt and it got pushed down and pushed to the side and swept under the rug, 
then they're going to think, okay, that's how we operate here at church. So that's how we operate here at school. So that's how we operate here at work. So you know what? That's what I'm going to do to anybody who comes to me with a problem. Oh, we don't talk about that here. But let me gossip with you about what happened when I tried to come forward. Is that healthy? Is that safe? I don't think so. Now, the dialogue has to be loving. Um, there have to be boundaries. You know, we're not going to allow name-calling. Messy dialogue doesn't mean rude dialogue. But um, there does have to be dialogue from everyone. Everyone deserves a voice. Then relationships are really uh, important. Knowing who you're talking to. If you get up and you are talking from the pulpit and you want to talk hellfire and brimstone about one sin because you think nobody in church struggles with it and you just knew it was going to make these people over here really happy, then you have created an unsafe environment for these people in this corner who struggle with said sin. Now, am I saying don't talk about sin from the pulpit? Nope. Am I saying don't talk about things in church? Don't talk about things at work? Don't talk about things at school that are going to offend people? Nope. I am not. I don't believe that. I believe it is impossible in any group setting to talk about something that's not going to offend someone. And I think that it creates safe spaces to lovingly say things that people may not want to hear. But we have to tread lightly on souls. Because that's what we're doing when we're talking about things like this. We're treading on people's souls if we're not careful. And we have got to tread lightly. We have to be loving in everything. We have to know who we're talking to, what they respond to. It's important to have those relationships so that it doesn't just come across as, I just wanted to talk to you because I think you're a horrible person and I wanted to tell you why you're wrong. We have to watch our tone and the tenor of the conversation. So that it comes across as loving, which is what we want it to be. We have to be loving in absolutely everything because Jesus was. Jesus would have been loving. Jesus is loving. God is loving. Emmanuel, God with us, is what that name means. That is Jesus' name. Emmanuel, God with us. How Jesus interacted with people is how God interacts with people. Jesus loves us, so God loves us too. So when we mess up, wouldn't we rather mess up erring on the side of grace and erring on the side of love? It's going to be hard sometimes to know people well enough to know what are conversations that are safe to have with them to know what kind of language to use, to know how best to approach situations, and we're going to hurt some feelings. But I heard a phrase on this retreat, and it said, help us have that love like Jesus, that love that has to go to Samaria. It may take a lot 
But Jesus went to Samaria. Jesus went to a place where they did not like him. They did not like his people, but he went out of his way to go there. When most Jews would have walked the other way. The forgotten, the downtrodden. The people that it's hard to create relationships with so that we can know these things. The Pharisee at church. The boss at work. The bully at school. They're hard people to have relationships with sometimes. But they deserve our love and our grace too. Just like everybody. Just like the Christian who struggles with their sexual identity. Just like the Christian who struggles with addiction. Just like the Christian who struggles with anxiety. Sometimes I think that we think it's easy to give them grace. My generation really thinks it's easy to give grace to those people. We don't always find it easy to give grace to others. And we have to create a safe space for everyone at church, at work, at school. If we want that safe to be that space to be safe for us and for those people that we resonate with. Now, if someone is creating the unsafe environment and is unwilling to be confronted about that, boundaries, things have to be approached with grace and love, but with boundaries. And I'm not saying that grace and love and erring on the side of grace and love means throwing boundaries out the window. I think we know me better than that. But it's also so important to show grace and love to everybody. Now, we also have to be careful not to love for results, like I talked about earlier. I love that... We have instances in the Bible where Jesus talked to people and we don't know what happened. We know that Jesus said, here's what you need to do. And we don't know what they decided to do with that. Because I think that the important focus of that story was, here's how Jesus handled it. Not, here's what happened as a result. Because in reality, we can't control anybody. Jesus doesn't control anybody. He shows grace. He shows love. He says what he needs to say. And what they decide to do with that is what they decide to do with that. The woman caught in adultery, brought before him. We don't know what she decided to go forward and do from that amazing, pivotal moment in her life. Because I don't think that it matters. It matters, obviously, in her salvation scheme of things, but that wasn't the point of the story. The point of the story was to show us what Jesus offers us and what we should offer others because Jesus offers it to us.
And then we also have instances where Jesus showed love, grace, created a safe environment, and it didn't work out. The rich young ruler. We're allowed to be sad that the result may not have been what we had hoped. But I think Jesus still loved that rich young ruler. He still cared about him. The Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, Jesus cared so much about her. He was willing to have a hard conversation. And it turned out really well. So I think the fact that we have all three types just shows. Show some love. Show some grace. It may not always work out. But we're always doing the Jesus thing when we do that. The reality is the world is going to talk about hard things in church. The world is going to have messy dialogue. The world is going to let people be fully them. If we're unwilling to do that at church, at work, at school, if we're unwilling to be the person that lets people be fully them, someone else will. And, I mean, we can't be a safe space for everybody. I mean, we can offer that, but boundaries, right? I can't save everyone, unfortunately. And I'm going to mess up a lot. And I'm going to create unsafe spaces at times. And sometimes my safe spaces with the accountability or the integrity is really going to get in somebody's way. But I'm still going to try every day to be a safe space and to grow my safe space into my environment being a safe space. Because safety is contagious. When people get a taste of safety, they want more. So if you're a safe space for someone, start teaching them how to be a safe space for someone else. And boom. We start having people being safe all over the place. Wouldn't that be amazing? To have a world filled with safe spaces where dialogue is allowed, where people have relationships and that is what causes them to talk to each other, not just some hateful, I don't know, Where we love each other. Isn't that the Jesus thing? Where we all hold true to ourselves. Where we all have integrity. I don't know. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be fantastic. If you're not in a safe space, I hope that... You're able to find one and that you're able to have the courage to leave that safe space, that unsafe space and, and get to that safe one. If you need help doing that, I hope that you'll let someone know. This is starting to sound like an invitation after the sermon. <laughs> but um, please know that you deserve to be safe. You deserve to feel loved. You deserve to... 
have messy dialogue, to have all the emotions, to show and express all of the emotions. You deserve to be held accountable. You deserve to have boundaries set because that creates safety, whether we like it or not. I love you, fam. I think you're all fantastic. If you have more thoughts on safe spaces, I really hope that you'll let me know. I love you. You've got this thing. No matter how hard it is, I hope you know that you've survived every hard moment up till this one. And you're going to survive this one too. Reach out if you need help. And keep on.